Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guests for today are Susan and Martin Scher. With over 30 years of combined research and experiences with the Body of Nine, their work has led to many new discoveries and deeper uh, and a deeper understanding of the importance, power, and impact of knowing your natural number. Since 2012, they have worked with over 8,000 people from around the world to build and share the understanding of how the body of nine shows up in many aspects of the human experience. Oh my gosh, Susan and Martin, welcome to the space. And uh, I think it's going to be really in. fun. You are in. Martin, welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's good to see you. It's good to, it's good to hear you. So waiting for Susan to make her way in. But while we are waiting for Susan, why don't you, there she goes, we're going to share a little fun fact about ourselves before we fully dive in. Susan, welcome to the space. Good. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yay. I love yeah. it. Pushing <laughs> buttons. Yay. <laughs> yes. Pushing buttons in a good way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this, this is great. So, um, yes, I was saying that we're going to do a quick share. If you want to share out like a fun fact about yourself or a little something you want to say before we get into the would you rather and fully dive in. So who would like to start? Go for it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's a really interesting week, the week between Christmas and New Year's. And I've been sitting in a space of nothingness. And I've been thinking about that as it relates to creativity. And we'll talk a lot, I'm sure, about that. But right now, today, I'm just kind of in a very, very mellow and unknowing place and ready to open to possibility uh, in this conversation. Oh, thank you for that, Susan. How about you, Martin? Fun fact, um, 
you could probably tell, but I'm not actually American by birth, although I've been out in the country for 40 some years. And I've learned that I'm as much a part of human civilization than any country. And as Susan said, you know, this is a great time for reflection and planning for the fantastic future that's coming. So uh, I'm excited to be here and uh, creativity is an enormous part of life, I think. And it's hard to move forward unless you can create. Mm, I love that. This is going to be such a rich conversation. And um, yeah, Susan, I appreciate what you just said about that. It is kind of that time in the holidays, which brings up so much for so many. Um, there's so many emotions tied with everything. Um, and I think we're in Mercury retrograde right now for those who yeah. follow any of that or believe in any of that. But um, I'm glad that you're in a space of openness. So let's dive in with the would you rather to open this up. And I want to welcome our guests that are here live. Thank you so much. Um, any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box below. So figured this could be maybe a way to open up into the um, uh, into our natural numbers. But OK, so would you rather go skiing or hang out in the lodge by the fireplace and drink hot chocolate? <laughs> That's an interesting one. <laughs> Today, probably hot chocolate. <laughs> Although it's really warm out there. But, you know, as I've aged, uh, I hope somewhat gracefully, I've also realized it isn't always about skiing downhill at 800 miles an hour all the time. And so, again, given the season and the space of contemplation, I would say today I'd sit by the fire and drink hot chocolate. Good point, too. It's kind of like it does vary on the day. How about yeah. you, Martin? Well, I hate to be the party pooper, but I'm going to say both. It depends on, um, you know, I actually kind of like skiing in the morning and sitting in the lodge in the afternoon, enjoying the experience and contemplating what I've just done and planning what I may be doing next. It, it's, uh, it, I don't find spending all my time contemplating or all my time zooming down the hill to be the way for me to live. I like sort of mix and matching because some's good and some's not. Ooh, love that. And that's what this whole creative space is about, is the combo here, the action and the contemplation. This is going to be good. Okay. So diving fully in, we're going to start with our first question, which is, how do you define creativity? It's very much to me about life and everything that I do everything I've always done I look back and think well how do I move forward and to me that's creativity it, it's it, there's art there's speaking there's programming but there's just being anything that I do especially with Susan it's creating something new it's creating my life day by day by day minute by minute and the more that I have joy in that creativity, the more joy there is in my life. Thank you. Okay, Susan. Creativity is the way we express our divine nature for me. Mm -hmm. Something I've learned from the work that we do do, do um, that through creation, we know ourselves. Through creation, we know each other. Through creation, we can know source, both the perfection and the beauty of source, as well as the, the, 
the crap that goes on in the world as well. It isn't always beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but creativity is the thing that brings us back to ourselves when we lose ourselves. Oh, the thing that brings us back to ourselves as we, what was the last part that you said? When we lose ourselves. When we lose ourselves. So what's so beautiful in this of what I heard between both of you to kind of summarize from what I heard was Martin saying like kind of in capturing the moments, moving forward, anything that I do is kind of starting new. And then Susan saying the way that we express our divine nature and bring us back to ourselves when we actually lose ourselves. Yes, so what? I think we've both been thinking and looking forward to this conversation because it helped us solidify our own um, thoughts and the desires and, you know, based on what we do in the world. And I think it's important. Why are we here? You know, there's a big philosophical question. Why are we here? And I, the answer came back to me very clearly. It's to create, create moment by moment. And whatever that looks like for you is unique to you. And that you know, there is no wrong answer. But to me, as you know, the person that I am, if I'm not creating, I will feel really stagnant. And I get very antsy and uncomfortable in my body unless I'm actually doing something. Even it's just creating a moment, of, as you said, moment by moment, of being in the moment and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. It is. It's when people can't put their finger on it. They're like, why do I feel agitated? Why do I feel depressed? Why do I feel it's like those stuck emotions, those lower feeling emotions is often in a place of inactivity, of stuckness. And when we move through it, when we take whatever action that is or non-action, it's an awareness to move through that. Oh my gosh, the relief in that space, it just flows. Absolutely. And I think if one, as I just did, sort of says that everything we do is creating, it gives everyone a space to be that and to be able to enjoy and be proud of what they're creating, what they're doing minute by minute. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's dive into your stories a little bit more, and we're going to get to this natural number, which I know that people are excited to hear about. Um, I guess I kind of want to just highlight, it's just interesting to me that you both came from a space of, um, tell us a little bit about that world that you were in. It was, you were in Silicon Valley. And yeah, then- after, after graduating from Wharton Business School, I, I went uh, first to Los Angeles as a consultant and then up to Silicon Valley and did a 20 something year career in software development uh, and all aspects of running a software company from operations to marketing finance. And uh, I had three daughters and then I had a crazy blow up in my life and wondered how I got to that point. And when I realized where I'd gotten to, I realized that there had to be a better way to do this. And I began my search at the, about, I was about 38, I started searching. And then I, I found out about body of nine and the natural numbers as it is in the incarnation that was in at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Martin, you want to? My, my background's fairly similar. I graduated out of school in, uh, in England, 
came to California in 81 and worked at a bunch of companies that people have heard of and a few no one's heard of at all. And mm -hmm. Susan and I got together permanently in 2008 and she introduced me to the concept that there are nine physiologically different kinds of people. And I was incredibly skeptical. There's, 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 there's a lot of reasons why this concept is both old but very difficult to grasp. And the questions we always get is, well, how come nobody else knew? The answer is, well, it's been known for a long, long time, but it disappeared from the Western world. And bringing this back to humanity really is part of our creative process. We want everyone to understand that we're not all the same, but in some ways we're very similar. Mm. I love that, that it's, yeah, it's understanding the, um, the differences, the similarities, the, uh, when, when I did this with you, um, when both Arthur and I, my husband and I did this with Susan and Martin, and they kind of gave us our numbers, which you guys are going to go into more detail and however you want to describe what that is, is that it really is a knowing of yourself. It's it's kind of a tool in in understanding, you know, we some people may have heard of human design and things like that, um, of, of having these aspects of yourself and knowing yourself on a deeper level. And why do I react to things in certain ways? And why do I sometimes I can say personally, I'm like, why does this keep showing up in my world? And I thought we dealt with that and, and we haven't yet. And when you kind of said, well, this is your number based off of the ways that you did it, I was just started to laugh because the times that Arthur and I have, you know, not non-agreements, I'm just like, oh my God, that's why. <laughs> it's really yeah, cool. It's a really big topic. You know, uh, in brief summary, there are nine physiologically different kinds of people, nine centers in the body, nine ways of being. And we're not aware of this in humanity which is quite significant because it's, it's both a context for how we can understand ourselves and others, as well as a modality for how we can grow and develop and transform. But what's been coming to me lately, because people always say, well, why does it matter that I know this? You know, it's just, is it any more valuable or important than Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or human design? Mm -hmm. And what I've realized that it, is fundamentally different and fundamentally more important than any of the other versions of understanding us out there. And I know that's a really big claim. Mm -hmm. But the reason why is because it's both physiological and spiritual in terms of how your body is equipped for life. If you don't understand how to use your own body and your own physiological being and how to interact with the other eight or nine, uh, other eight natural numbers, what you're missing is a context for understanding humanity. So you can't understand yourself to start. Then you certainly can't understand others because you only have your own lens, your own, you know, earth suit to experience. But if you take this a step further to truly be united, to understand unity, you have to understand the differences and how they come to work together. And it isn't until you have that grokking of, oh my God, this is how it's designed that you can begin to transcend your individuality into a space of unity. So you know, when we worked with you and your husband and all the 8,000 people, what we found mm -hmm. is that there are significant physical markers, how each of the natural numbers shows up, shows up in your body, your face shape, your body shape, how you move. 
And that was a, an interesting discovery. We've been doing this now for quite some time. And that was an interesting discovery. And as Susan said, it's a really important place. It's hard to love people till you love yourself. It's hard to work with other people till you know yourself. But what we found to be really interesting is that the numbers don't repeat in families. So you and your husband are different. And everybody, their brothers and sisters and their parents are not the same. So the combined information about who you are and that everybody else around you is different really sort of explains, one, the possibilities for humanity, and two, why don't we get on right now? Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really interesting point when we were talking and um, we we're talking about like the kids, just like you said, that uh, if you have children in our families that were not the same numbers. And this to me comes up as we say, you know, no kid is alike. Nobody, nobody, you don't raise, you can't raise them exactly the same because they're different people. They're different personalities. So at one point, one of you said, um, how do the kids like to be raised instead of how you want to raise them? Yeah. Uh, kids don't come with an owner's manual. We joke that our, our book is actually the only owner, closest thing to an owner's manual out it there. <laughs> right. uh, and it's as a parent, it's so easily easy to do inadvertent harm to our children because of how fundamentally different they are. What this means is if you parent them the way you would like to have been parented, it's probably not going to work for them. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to like you all that much. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so creating harmony in family relationships or work relationships comes from really understanding how different we really are. There's this movement to say, oh, we're all the same. But at some level, we're sort of all the same because we all have a body with eyes ears and the same organs but if you talk to any doctor they'll tell you how different one body is to the next even mm -hmm. twins identical twins triplets then don't share the same natural number and mm -hmm. so bringing this back to creativity each of the natural numbers does something different to be creative enjoys certain things and has certain pre-built purposes if you will mm -hmm. so what may be fascinating and exciting for me to create is because I'm a natural number five and I like creating things based on understanding. Another natural number would think that, okay, it needs to be beautiful or it needs to be functional or it needs to make things better. So it's making someone wrong for not being like you is I think part of the problem that we have today. Hmm. And the bottom line is that people are not like you. Mm -hmm. So then I guess my question to both of you is, is that, okay, so, and people that are here with us live, we're so happy to have you here. Anybody has any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box and participate in the conversation. This is a perfect way to do this. So there being nine natural numbers, and you just said they're like these pre-built natural numbers. So if I'm a two, does that mean that anybody else who is a two has is the same? Or is it that we have similarities and obviously our personalities, our experiences, our backgrounds make up who we are? 
Well, obviously our nurture has a huge amount to do with it, but the level at the level of nature, you're very, very similar. Every two that we encounter, unless they've had some sort of accident has a, a flexibility through the middle of the body. For example, they all have relatively round faces with very even tone, bright, clear eyes, and their highest, generally the highest value is for engaged connection. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of where, where every two has these things. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to every two speak, there is always those underlying forces that are driving their interaction with the world around them. So every two really cares about engagement, which is a uh, moving connection with others. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives them. What Whereas me as a six, oh, oh, go ahead, hon. Yeah, one way to look at it is your natural number determines how your body interprets your senses. Mm-hmm. And so the words, what a word means is completely specific to a natural number. Things like engagement, connection, energy, intuition. There are nine different definitions of each of those. And as Susan says, her the way that she responds to something, any event, is going to be different than any other natural number. All the natural number sixes are going to have a similar experience for a similar event. Then the nurture on top of that is going to define what goes on. Mm. But yeah, our nurture affects mm-hmm. our behavior. Right. Yes. And our belief systems. But our natural number, our nature, also affects our belief systems and our behaviors. But there's a marriage that happens. So, you know, in a situation where you have trauma, that creates a very different kind of response in an adult than a a natural number two, for example, than in a a two that didn't have trauma. Mm -hmm. So our nurture is absolutely a huge part of how we show up. But the consistent predictability uh, is, is there from the nature. And one way to look at children, for example, is that mm-hmm. natural numbers, children, natural number two children, for example, every natural number two we've talked to has said the same answer, how they would like to be brought up. Every natural number has the same set of things they would like to have had happen with them as they were growing up. And it's completely consistent. Mm-hmm. No matter across race, gender, location, every natural number has the same needs, same desires, the same things that they wish they've been brought up to have that we then as adults have to overcome. And same higher level purpose, not your vocational purpose or your chosen purpose, but there's a body-based, spiritually-based purpose that comes along with each of the natural numbers, which create, when brought together, create to form a very whole unified experience. Mm. So one of our guests just put in the chat box. Um, so maybe if you can summarize again, we kind of touched, we touched on it, but how do we know that what number we are? Did I miss that part of the discussion? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, today, the way you find out your natural number is you work with body of nine or one of our, our, our students our practicing partners, because it's based off of your physiology. Today, we look at you and we say, okay, this is what's going on in your body. We know how to recognize the consistency. We ask, uh, we talk to you about what it means. So it's actual interaction with Martin and I, and, or one of our, our, our practicing partners. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are also people in Norway and California who are also exploring this discovery as well. 
but right now it's it's a function of it's hard to guess your own natural number some people have bought our book and read it and said well i think i'm this one but i would say it's 50 50 for for a correct self-identification we believe that yeah. over time as this gets more known it'll it'll also sort of get that hundredth monkey thing where it's going to just be much more known and easier to tell as well so yeah, thank you. Did you want to add anything to that, Martin? Or are we? Well, I think we've been, you know, we spent 10 years doing the research and then we've spent the last couple of years teaching people and learning how to teach this process. So, you know, we're very rapidly expanding the group of people that are able to do this. And you know, it, it's necessary because you know, it, we really believe that it, it makes humanity better. It makes relationships better. It helps and stops a lot of the misunderstanding because if you expect the people around you to be doing things for the same reason you do, you're going to be just wrong. And yeah. knowing this about the people, your loved ones, your family, your friends, the people you work with, it makes interactions easier, more productive. And it really gives me hope that the world is going to become a better place the faster we get this information out there. Yes. And I'm going to put a request out to one of you, if um, either you, Susan or Martin, if you could um, please put the link to your book in the chat box at some point during the discussion, that'd be great. I'd love to share that out with people. Um, I'm just really resonating with what both of you are saying, but what you just said, Martin, is that just that some words that I pulled from the conversation of when you both responded to certain things, it says, understanding like this transcending and this unity, this idea of why is this knowledge important? Why is it helpful to know what your natural number is? Because you really know yourself on a deeper level and we can understand, we can transcend, we can know that people are different, but we can, we can, we become more unified and accepting. And it's not a blaming, it's not a pointing fingers kind of thing. It's a, it's a, um, more of an understanding and it really is it does give hope doesn't it absolutely does because what i'm able to do is you transform from a pain in my neck to a, ma a magical <laughs> gift and, mm. and so instead of looking at you it's like what is wrong with you and why do you did why did you do that you could say yes. ah what's the message and the wisdom that's coming to me from this person who is nothing like me and so if you judge me with your lens, you know, I have a natural number two daughter and, you know, I run into trouble with her all the time because she always puts her interpretation of my sickness. So she's, she looks at me and the dynamic nature and the power and the forward movement of my sickness and said, mom, you don't pay enough attention to people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, that's right. I don't. <laughs> that's your job but then again i have to i can learn that from her right and so she is like this constant constantly reminding me you know if i'm driving down the road there's a person driving that car that's not just a, a an errantly behaving vehicle right and, <laughs> and and that's the way life is we we don't allow space for the magical power of each of the natural numbers instead we spend all of our time saying if you were more like me the world would be a better place and i actually <laughs> completely disagree with that now you know it really yeah I, i'm really glad nobody's like me unless you happen to be a six in which case we have a nice time together because we don't have to put up with the other crap that the other eight are are, are creating all the time <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's an understanding. And I, I like what you just said, too, in this, that we come with different skill sets, basically. And it's understanding those skill sets instead of the whole blaming part. Exactly. And the, and the, Martin glossed over something, but this crosses race, culture, uh, uh, education, the wisdom of a two, for example, is the wisdom of a two, whether you're Chinese or Australian or green or yellow, it doesn't matter. You still have the wisdom of two and that came with you. You were born with it and you don't have to work at that part of, 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 of you. Your natural number is there and it's constantly informing you. Mm -hmm. And people don't have any idea about that. Uh, yeah. And, and the fun thing is you can actually learn to activate the other centers in your body. And it's one of the major differences between this and the other quote identity systems unquote is that once you have all nine centers active in your body, you can really raise your game, if you will, to another level. You understand everybody better. You know the right thing to do at the right time and your body relaxes. Your ego gets out of the way because your body can handle whatever circumstance you need to be in. If you want to be thinking about something deeply, you can do one natural number. If you want to respond and dance better, you can do another natural number. If you want to have better relationships, you can activate another natural number. So the fact that we have one in our body is it's a starting place. At one point, we'd see this as an, almost an evolutionary advantage to be able to actually evolve towards another level of humanity. Okay, so... Okay, so from my understanding of this, so if I'm a two and you're saying that we can learn how to activate like the four, the five, once we learn those aspects of things and we can we can activate those parts of our body, we're still the higher. Is there a hierarchy of numbers like I'm still innately a two, but it can be like a learned behavior? A little bit. Yes. It's the example we give is if you were blind and you suddenly develop sight, it would take you a while to decode what it was you're actually seeing. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens when you, you experience another natural number. There's an initial, oh my goodness, what just happened moment, because you, you really start to experience the world in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. But every one of them, some are easier to get than others, depending on your past. But once you have all nine, it gets easier. Life gets easier, life gets simple. One feels more in tune with the world, if you will. And you know, what you can create actually changes because you have access to all this new information. Hmm. Is it almost like a nirvana in a sense, if you were all like all nine, like activating all areas? Uh, it's a relaxation. Your per persona, your personality, the, the protective aspect of your um, you know, your inner child, that all quiets and your soul can be heard above that so that you are following your soul level guidance much more easily. So you're less easily triggered, you're quicker to recover, you're more present, you are able to understand the gift that you offer more succinctly and to receive the gifts of others allows you to honor other people at a very deep level and be together with people, you know, and, and, you know, Martin and I are, are, are by no means perfect people as a result of having done this work, but we're a hell of a lot better than we used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're all improving all the time. We're all works in yes. progress. 
Well, and this has been sort of, you know, I'm, I've always been a seeker all my life and always loved all of these systems that talk, teach you about yourself. And every one of them has some tremendously valuable information and in, that's instilled in them. But this one, it's physiological and actionable. And that's what's fundamentally different for the, all the other systems out there because they're, they're like, well, so if I have, if I know my enneotype, there's still not a lot I can actually do. Whereas if I'm a natural number six, I know if I lift and expand my chest, I center and I get back to myself. It's just a simple physiological adjustment that makes me more present. And each of and the natural numbers to, has that. Yeah. And if I need to center myself, I actually center myself upwards because my natural numbers at the top of my head, natural number five. And, but if I need to communicate better with Susan, I activate my six and we can understand each other way better or Susan activates a five. So it helps us communicate with each other because we understand a little bit more where we're each coming from when we activate the other person's natural number. And so this stuff is, is it, it, iter go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, it's also iterative. So the first thing you do is you find out your natural number and you go, oh my God, how did you know that about me? That is so cool, I get to be, I like that part because we. this is the part that makes us like sparkly. This is where we're sparkly humans. And to get that sparkle and acknowledge is just wonderful. And then the next iteration is like, well, okay, so how's that different than the other natural numbers? Because to know yourself, you have to understand what's different. So what, and then also there's this journey through what's my nature versus what's my nurture. So the understanding of the differences. Mm -hmm. And then once you, uh, the next step people usually take is to begin to learn to activate all nine in their body because that's where the true transformation starts to happen. Now, Martin and I have, have had our natural numbers activated in our body for 10 something years. And so have our children. And so have many of our friends. And I would say consistently, everybody that I know that has activated all nine in their body is happier, has more fulfilling relationships and deeper understanding in their life and they're all seekers, explorers, and they're constantly growing. So if that's your jam, you know, if that's your thing, if you love that to grow constantly, this is probably the most powerful avenue I've encountered in my 60 something years of searching. So um, two things that I wanna ask before we dive into learning a little bit more about both of you as individuals. Would this be kind of like a um, a shock, like relating to your chakras? Well, the as it turns out, the centers seem to be co-located with the chakras in the body, at least the seven body chakras. Although the heart chakra actually contains three natural number energy centers, mm -hmm. so you, that's all. That's as far as we can understand because you know the chakra systems seem to grow once every seven years going up the body. This is not the way that the natural numbers work, but it is kind of curious that the centers seem to be co-located. Um, mm -hmm. We don't really know why, but that's the experience that we've had. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. I want to, uh, I want to address a comment that came across, which is saying, I don't believe in natural number. And yes, please. we have no problem with whether you believe in it or not. What we do ask is that you don't disbelieve. Active mm -hmm. disbelief keeps us from learning new things. Mm -hmm. And all I ask is you explore it for yourself before you decide what you believe or what you don't believe. 
And, you know, Martin and I are completely unattached whether anybody believes anything we say because that's okay. Everybody is, a, you know, you, you are your beliefs. And so we just encourage people to stay open and actively not choose, I know it's double negatives here, not choose to disbelieve. <laughs> and thank you for addressing that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for addressing it and saying it in that way, because, and this is the perfect space to ask questions, like ask the questions. If you, why don't we turn disbelief into curiosity? Um, and yes. then you, you take what you want from that. And um, thank you. The person who just asked, what is the history of natural numbers? That was my second thing that I wanted to touch on, which is, um, um, yeah, the history behind it. So if you could share some of that, that'd be great. So as far as we can tell, the Egyptians 3500 BC were aware of the natural numbers because a lot of their statues show the physiology of the nine senses. Mm -hmm. um, there is some evidence that the Chinese have known about this for longer ago than that. And there's some evidence that the Indian continent has used it for arranged marriages. But in the Western world, a gentleman by the name of Gurdjieff came back from trips to Tibet and other areas in the early 1900s with a series of dances and through a series of trainees and students it became the Enneagram in the early 1970s. So the Enneagram was studied by the people that really discovered the connection between the nine centers and the nine different Enneotypes in the late 1990s and then uh, they had a, a martial arts practice and realized that their students that they had enyotyped had the same movements based on their enyotype. And so they managed to create the idea that there were nine physiologically different kinds of people, just not nine um, sociologically different kinds of people, if you will. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until Susan and I took this out to Burning Man in 2020, where Susan... 2012. Mainly, 2012, sorry. So Susan mainly... <laughs> did an awful lot of work looking at the physiology, the bones, the fascia and the muscles that are associated with each activation. And so from there, 2012 and 8,000 some people later, we are, we've literally you know, come to the place by listening to other people. And that's how we can tell somebody, this is what your body type and this is what people of your body type have told us about it. So it's not made up. We just reflect and parrot literally what people have told us what it's like to be that natural number but it's very much physiologically based and it's been around for a long, long time. It just disappeared. Hmm. Thank you. Susan, did you want to add anything to that? Well, the, you know, Martin and I did a lot of research too. So it's not, uh, it's not grounded. This, this is not Susan and Martin made this up. This is Susan and Martin stood in front of 8,000 people and talked to 8,000 people and distilled a very comprehensive, simple, uh, system to recognize the nine different physiologically different kinds of people. We now are working with different uh, healers and medical practitioners to start the real research. We have people looking at, well, how do different healing modalities work if you know a natural number or by natural number? Are, we, are different natural numbers more inclined to certain ailments and physiological responses? And there's indications, you know, our work in that region has only been anecdotal and, and observational as well, but we're hoping, you know, that time and, and interest will bring more resources to this, this research so that we can 
start to understand the implications of it because they're quite significant. Mm. That was going to be one of my questions. Very interesting to see if certain numbers were more inclined for certain kind of health issues or anything like that. Well, mm -hmm. I can give you an example of that. What we find is that many people with natural number two have scoliosis. Mm -hmm. We have had conversations and the number of people with natural number two that have back issues, for example, mm -hmm. is, is significant versus the number you know, other natural numbers. It seems to be that your natural number center is more susceptible mm. to injury. And we're not totally sure why. But and how that shows it up is different. You know, sometimes it's physical injury and sometimes it's other kinds of injuries. So it's very interesting. It is interesting. And yeah, I've actually, yeah, that lovely L5S1, that <laughs> lower back issues, big, big consistent issue. <laughs> well, the flexibility through the middle of the body of natural number two, it's you're always moving around that part of the body. And mm -hmm. uh, no surprise that it's going to cause uh, different instabilities in the body if you aren't healthy around it. So mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah. And I just really appreciate the conversation that's going on in the chat box here because um, I uh, don't want to say your name incorrectly, but I'm going to give an attempt. So Ahmad, Ahmad, um, it's being a very, it's a very respectful conversation. So thank you for that, because uh, it's great to be able to say how you feel and ask questions and not always, you know, ask, like I said, with curiosity. So I appreciate that. And I have to say that, you know, skepticism is encouraged here because this is a statement about a discovery that we have made and checked with 8,000 people. Mm -hmm. It's like any new discovery that comes into the world at some point, you have to say, well, how do you know? And the answer is, well, we've just looked and looked and looked and looked. And with 8,000 yeah. people, we've never found someone that doesn't have a natural number. And it's always one of the nine. Yeah. And I use the analogy of electromagnetic waves. You know, they, there was no idea that electromagnetic waves existed then Hertz decided that it might exist. And then 10 years later, they had a way to detect it. Yeah. And the only detectors right now are the people that are trained to detect it. But this is a physical reality that you can see in people's body. We can mm -hmm. look at pictures of people that are moving that we've never met. And with a fair degree of confidence, tell you what your natural numbers. And if we get to work with you, we can tell you and tell you stuff about yourself that nobody else knows except your closest confidants. Because your reality is the nature at least is the same as one ninth of the population. And that's just, you know, our discovery and it, it's hard to make that a fact, but we have yet to find anybody that doesn't match that. And the scientific process says, you know, until someone finds it, and otherwise we have to keep going with it. And you know, the numbers mean things. We can use numbers and the pairings and groupings of numbers to predict. And those predictions come true. So th there's a, We've tried to use as much of the scientific process as possible in the last 10 years, keeping track of every person we've worked with. And it's hard because you know, it is a new piece of information. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, That's somewhat counter to the current uh, thinking out in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm reading this one comment and then I want to move on because I want to I want to hear more about you both as creative individuals. So I am living in Asia and we often consider European and American believe in logic, but here is the opposite. 
Well, what's interesting about your your natural numbers, it is a, a a really good predictor of how you approach, um, and it removes the cultural aspect of this. And um, I myself grew up in Europe. I traveled the world before I was eighteen, so I saw a lot of cultures and a lot of different ways of being. But I did see that people are people all over the world. And it's our cultural belief systems that tend to separate us rather than our physiological. And so what I see is that a person who's a natural number six and lives in Asia is going to be taking information with the body and responding with the body in a different way than somebody that's a five, for example. So the even numbers are more body-based. They listen and make decisions more with the body six for me with the chest two for for you with the upper ab abdomen um and the, the odd numbers are more spiritually based and you can see that at the origins of a lot of the different disciplines in terms of where did they come from who was the person who first came up with you know this or this how did this version of yoga morph when uh, you know, uh, a, a strong personality got involved. Like if you look at Bikram yoga, Bikram yoga is a version of Hatha yoga. And, but when Bikram got involved, he brought another, you know, kind of nuance and different approach to it that came from him and his natural number. Mm-hmm. And so because we don't realize that we're all out there trying to help other people do our natural number, like if, if you could just be a little more alive, uh, you know, you, you, you'd understand why it's important to get moving. That's what I would say as a six, for example, but that doesn't matter to Martin and it doesn't matter to you, Hollis, because mm-hmm. it's not built into you. It does matter and to so, your husband, Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, this is not a, a, this is not a cultural issue. This is not a racial issue. This is a fundamentally, uh, fundamental truth that we've observed within human beings. And we've worked with people from all races, from all over the world, over 58 countries. Uh, You know, our sample size is quite international because a lot of it was done at Burning Man and other California festivals that draw a very diverse population. Mm -hmm. And so our, our, our sample size is very large and very diverse. Oh, this is such an amazing like topic that could go on for a two hour conversation just with this. But I want people to know, to learn a little bit more about you two as individuals. So moving in and just kind of touching on, because we're almost getting to the top of the hour. The second question, which is how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? If you could give us a little bit on that, maybe starting with Susan and then Martin. Yes. Well, I have my simple layers of creativity. I'm an avid knitter and I use my creativity in finding ways to fix the mistakes I make in my knitting all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, you know, it's tremendous to me to create something with my hands through one stitch at a time. And that feels so amazing. And then the, the finished garment has this beauty and this quality. And I just love that I get to do that. So there's that physical creativity within me that is so nurtured by uh, making things with my hands and doing things. I like, I, I rarely sit still. I, at least I'm knitting. I don't just sit someplace. So that's a very big part of creativity, but this work that we do 
requires that I expand my reality beyond what I currently hold it to be. Mm. And that requires tremendous creativity. Yes. And I, that openness, that continual openness to allow information from other sources and then bring that together in a way that morphs and changes my understanding of myself and the world around me. And that happens continually. Like Martin and I, one day we'll be sitting in the hot tub and having a conversation. And all of a sudden this new information about what we know about the body of nine will land into us. It's like, like we passed a test. So you get more information and then you pass another test, you get more information. So it's this beautiful, creative, transformative journey of life that we're on. It is so intriguingly amazing. What I just heard you say though, also is like when you gave the example of being in the hot tub and you're having a conversation, it's also kind of a distraction in a sense where you're just, you're just being and you're in that moment and then you get downloads of these other things where it's like, oh my God. And it gets really exciting that way because you're, you're not, you're not in an analytical space. You're in an open space. Yes, very much. Which is, and I had to learn to do that. I had to mm-hmm. learn to do that because it wasn't my, what I was taught, right? You know, I'm a, I have a, uh, I went to Brown University. I went to Wharton. I studied mathematical economics, computer science. I mean, I learned how to structure my life and how to achieve. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I thought, sort of threw all that out of the window that this opened a different possibility for existence for me. Mm, thank you. Okay, Martin, how about you? How do you incorporate more creativity into your life? Well, my, work before I started devoting most of my life to Body of Nine, and I still have a couple of uh, uh, clients, is that I write programs. I'm a developer, software developer by training, and there's an amazing amount of creativity that goes into writing code. I mean, some people may disagree with that, but yes, me, it, it's a major output of creative juices. And if I'm not writing code for other people, I'll do it for myself, and it's almost a hobby at the same time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, when Susan talks about downloads, my natural number is five, and it's about an intuitive knowing. And the way that I learn new things is talk about them. I'll be talking to Susan or you know, some, of, some of our other partners, and all of a sudden, I'll say something that I didn't know I knew. And so this ability to add creative content into understanding was one of my major discoveries that you know, I do naturally, and it's part of who I am. And accepting that gift has been awesome because it's like Susan and I would go to meetings and Susan would say, I didn't know you knew that. And I'd say, yeah, neither did I. <laughs> it just came to me and it's, it's, it's right. It's part of the gift of you know, my natural number. So just this ability to help the world and I'm driven to help other people, to help people grow into what they can grow. So part of my creativeness is, is, giving people the ability to be creative and grow themselves. And it's, it's a different definition of creative, but I love giving people creative space, if you will, for people Mm. to grow. Thank you. And the comment that just came in, I don't know if I'm not exactly sure about this. It said, is it a superstitious thing we're talking about? No, no, absolutely not. It's completely body based research based reality of, of, of human experience. Yeah, thank you. There's no superstitions in this at all. Nothing, nothing. Um, Okay, I'm going to ask each of you um, 
one more question in this before we go to the last and final question, which is, uh, do you have a morning routine? So maybe start with Martin this time and then Susan. Actually, yes, we do. Mm -hmm. um, my morning routine is basically I get up, go downstairs, make coffee, and then I absorb what's going on in the world. I look for information from as many different sources as I can to keep building my map of what's going on, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Um, trying to constantly grow. And you know, sometimes it's musical, sometimes it's political, sometimes it's scientific, but it's always about getting ready to start my day by priming my brain, really, to have a grasp of the big picture. And then Susan and I sit down and we have breakfast together. So as you're doing this, Martin, is it is it like, are you going to the internet right away or sources or are you reading a book in order to gather this information? It's mainly the internet, but it's not a particularly specific part of the internet. Okay. Uh, part of my way of doing things is, is to poke around and feel what seems alive to me instinctively, not the way that Susan would feel alive, but what is the data path that's calling to me to be explored? And so I'll track down strange stories or I'll track down interesting stories. To some extent, I like using some of the more random ways of looking at things. There used to be a website that was completely random. I think it's disappeared now. Uh, but it's like, okay, what's the universe trying to tell me? And then I follow some of those paths because I'm very much driven by uh, being nudged, if you will, by signs and influence from the universe. Thank you. How about you, Susan? Well, I get up and sit with Martin and I'm usually will knit. And that's the meditation of the repetitive motion of the knitting. I get lost in it. And then every now and then Martin will pop an important fact over to me. <laughs> We're sitting next to each other on her. And we have a cup of coffee and just connect uh, by being together as a five and a six a connection is just about being together. Uh, this isn't about, you know, necessarily doing anything in that moment other than he's doing what he's doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. And we have that companionship. Um, mm -hmm. And then we'll, we'll talk about our day and what we're going to do. Make, and he, he checks my calendar for me to make sure I'm not going to miss any of my appointments. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps me all organized a little bit. And, uh, I, and I very much value that time in the mornings when we don't get enough of it. It, or it gets cut short, I really, I feel the difference and how the day goes. Mm. How often is there, is there kind of like a set time that you allot for that? Or is it just kind of how it feels? Kind of thing that's in the when you go by, you're like, okay, I, I need, is it like, okay, we're allotting this hour in the morning? And this is when we really set the time to do that? Or it's like, okay, today, we only have time to do this for 15 minutes but at least we're, you know, forming the connection because I have to do something else. Yeah. The interesting thing is we tend to get up early. And so we almost always have at least an hour to do that, to, to be together and start the day. And I don't pay any attention. I just wait till Martin uh, just decides it's time to change the direction we're going, or I have to, you know, get up because I've sat there for too long already. <laughs> So I yeah, I, I would say it's definitely not time-based. It's more like, okay, what's, what creates energetic change to shift to what we're going to be doing for the day? Mm. That's really beautiful because it just really is, uh, it's just true connection. 
and it's uh, I appreciate how you both you know what you both offered but what you just said Susan with you know the knitting and a meditation it's just it's so important for people to understand that these aspects of things what a meditation it could be a walking meditation it could be making your coffee in the morning it could be there's so many very it could be sitting and and listening to a meditation or being quiet for 20 minutes it looks different to people because it's just what feels right to you very much very much and i i you know we also work out three mornings a week where we have to be in the car and all off to our personal trainer to so she could torture us for 40 minutes and <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> well and that's so important you know uh, the muscles started to disappear somewhere in my 50s and i woke up one day like and i said oh i don't have muscles anymore what happened to my body and so we've been on a concerted effort to keep our bodies muscular so that we can continue to move and grow and stay present in the world so but i would point important. out that mm -hmm. we choose a particular natural number to be our <laughs> coach because our natural number three coach is the one that keeps us inspired and we really feel good when she when she says we're doing good things so mm. you know if we were with someone that wasn't so inspiring it would be much harder for us to say okay let's get up and go work for half an hour because it's good for us but it actually feels good to be working out with someone that's so inspiring just by her presence so. yes yeah highly recommend natural number three personal trainers any any natural number can do any any job and that's a really important part of this when kids are always reminding us not to be natural numberist because it would be pretty easy to go down that path and so we're very careful about that that each of the natural numbers is equal equally mm -hmm. important equally valuable mm -hmm. and extraordinarily uh offering a set of gifts and skills and abilities that need to be included in the whole and i can't stress that enough um, about achieving unity on a human scale requires the understanding of this yes yes ah, so beautiful okay so as we're getting to the top of the hour um when we're when we're all done um martin and susan are going to give information on how to connect with them so you can find out your natural number but the third and final question is, why do you think creativity is important? Let's start with Susan first and then Martin. Without creativity, there is no change. There's no growth. There's no connection to source. There's no knowing yourself. It's fundamentally important to human life. And I think it's one of the things that differentiates us you know, from like you know, a rock, a rock, I guess, mm -hmm. oh, maybe, maybe you could say a rock is creative. I don't know. But the point is we, this is, you know, the way we, we learn and grow and express and connect and all of these things. Creativity is in the center of it all. So no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. That's why we're having these conversations. Okay. So Martin, how about you? It's really hard to follow that. Um, <laughs> it is really everything we do. You know, there's there's a large part of me that says, if you're not being creative, what's the point? And I don't wish that to be negatively taken. But mm -hmm. for me, if I'm not learning, if I'm not growing my awareness, I'm not creating a different reality every minute of every day in all my interactions with the people I work with, with the people I meet, with the work that I do sitting at my computer, What's the point? 
Yeah. Yeah. There's, relationship <laughs> is important, critical, but you're creating new things in relationship, creating on your own. It's like we're here for a reason. And for me, creativity is a fundamental part of why we're here. Yeah. Oh, my God, everybody. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Ah, we could just go on and on and on. So much to talk about. So here, can you please let people know how they can connect with you? The beautiful thing is we have learned to do a natural number identification online. So we can identify anybody anywhere in the world uh, if, as long as they can get a decent Zoom connection with a decent internet connection. So we have a variety of different ways of finding out your natural number. You can go to the website bodyof9.com. And you could join a group identification. That's our most affordable uh, option where you get identified with six to 12 other people. You can do um, a, a personalized one-on-one -on -one session with Martin and I, uh, or you could do a family or a couple session like we did with you and your husband, Art. Uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's the quickest and easiest way to find out your natural number. The, uh, that's what I would say. Go to the website, pick an option. Find the one that fits, fits your schedule. And that's the beginning. Let's also put, if you could also put in here, um, your YouTube channel as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. The YouTube, is a, YouTube channel is a great uh, place to explore this topic because we have uh, episodes talking about how Body of Nine relates to every aspect of, of life family, parenting, vacations, you name it. We've had, you know, have 60 some episodes on our YouTube channel. And uh, so if you like to explore Body of Nine without, you know, getting involved with, with us directly, you can do that there. Um, and I will post that. I think it's just great to have just the different options. It's, it, it's you're curious talk to Susan and Martin and find out your natural number and then follow up with this uh, on YouTube, you know, the, on the channel, finding out all those uh, just other ways to support and understand things, even on a deeper level. So before we say, before I officially say our goodbyes, is there anything that's on top of mind or anything where you're just like, I want to, I want to say this, I forgot to say this or anything you want to share? Firstly, thank you. We appreciate what you do for us and helping the world change. Uh, mm. And as, I, as I've said many times, this gives me hope. Mm. And our goal is as many people in the world will understand this and it becomes as obvious as eye color. Because yeah. being raised by people that know your natural number, how you learn at school, what you need, how the people are different. The one thing I would ask people to take, take away from this is that the people around you are not like you. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make them wrong. Mm -hmm. The thing I want to add is, is this work grew out of Burning Man, which is an environment where uh, what we were doing there was gifting the knowledge of your natural number. And the gift we received in back was this tremendous body of research. And uh, we have a, a firm policy within Body of Nine even though we're a business that if you don't have enough money to afford an identification, we believe that no one in the world should be denied knowing their natural number. So we never do. So if, if you, you know, you need a financial assistance for the process, that's always available. Just ask. 
Thank you for saying that. And I so appreciate both of you and what you're putting into the world. And I can't wait to just collaborate with you and just be in your worlds more. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for taking Likewise, this Alice. hour to be here. Yeah. yeah feeling you. mutual. Thank, thank you, you too. Yeah. Thank you. And everybody who has been joining us, thank you so much for hanging out with us for this hour. We know you could be doing anything with it. And we so appreciate you being here. This space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow, share, all of that good stuff so we can get this out to more people. I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. More than yes. ever. Thanks for that, Hollis. So, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. So wherever you are in the world, everybody, I wish you a good morning a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to connecting, connecting again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out explore our experiential kits they have everything in them that you need to try new things you don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore there's creative shui which is seven elements to join happiness through the publishing house express yourself publishing multi-author books coffee books solo book opportunities it is all about expression all about it and it's again just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story, because we all have one. <laughs>